This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, it's Paul Wheelock and welcome to the latest Liverpool FC podcast on the Blood Red channel, which is a bit of a Dutch special. The Reds added to their growing contingent of players from the Netherlands when they made Set Vandenberg their first signing of the summer at the back end of last week. And as I say later in the podcast, the arrival of the 17-year-old for an initial fee of £1.3 million came as a surprise to a lot of Liverpool supporters. So I picked up the phone to Dutch football expert Michael Staven to learn a little bit more about Vandenberg's background his attributes and whether he is ready for a place in Jurgen Klopp's first team. We also touch on Kijana Hoiver, the other 17-year-old Dutch defender already on the Reds' books after signing from Ajax last summer, and of course a bit about the imperious Virgil van Dijk and his claims to be named the winner of this year's Ballon d'Or, and a bit about Genie Wijnaldum and what should be considered the midfielder's best position. Michael, who is a writer and podcaster for the excellent Football Oranian website, also gives us his take on Matisse Delite, which will no doubt leave Liverpool fans wondering why Jurgen Klopp did not bid for the Juventus bound defender, as well as Memphis Depay, who looks a player to steer clear of. And with the Reds definitely in the market for more young talents like Seth Vandenberg and Kijana Hoiber, Michael also picks out six more talented Dutch youngsters to keep an eye on. Thanks for joining me. I hope you enjoyed this podcast, and the team will be back on Monday afternoon with Blood Red. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Hi, Michael. Thank you very much for joining me on the Blood Red podcast. Are you OK? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Good stuff, mate. Well, we've got you on to talk about Sap Vandenberg and the growing Dutch contingent at Liverpool. But we'll we'll start with Sap, who in the last few days has become the club's first signing of the summer. I've got to be honest, it came as a bit of a surprise to us at the Echo and, and, and Liverpool fans, it seems, in general. But was it the same in Holland or has there been a fair bit of attention around this young man? Well... We didn't anticipate that he'd be transferring so early um, in his career because when he first appeared, when he was 15, 16 years old in the Netherlands, um, he was making some appearances for Peck Swaller and we anticipated that last season he's going to kick on and become a bit more of a regular player in the heart of the Swaller defence. Didn't really happen though and um, yes, it was a complete shock that um, he came out and said, I'm not getting enough playing time at Peck Swaller and I want to move on. Again, it was a surprise because his manager, Jarp Stam, the one who hadn't been playing him, had left to go for finals. Mm-hmm. And um, the new manager didn't seem to make a difference with uh, Vandenberg um, as to whether he would stay or not. And he just suddenly decided that he was going to move on. Um, the fact that he went to Liverpool, I think, is even more surprising because I just can't see how he's going to get playing time for a good two or three years. I just don't see that he's, he's not ready at all for... The challenge of the Premier League, yes, okay, he's been signed to go to the academy and get ready, but he's far from um, first team contention at Liverpool, in my opinion. No, it's quite interesting that because there's such a clamour for signings amongst Liverpool, well, amongst some Liverpool fans, I certainly wouldn't say all Liverpool fans, but it's the same with any football in the club in the world. And given the fact that he's the first of the summer, there was, there was a lot of attention surrounding him. It's the reason why we're doing this podcast now. But from your opinion, then, it's very much a case of a development player before maybe going straight in. You're, you're going to take a while before we actually get him, see him in Jurgen Klopp's uh, first team squad in Premier League and Champions League action. Well, don't get me wrong, um, I, he, I could easily be proven wrong. We've seen what happened with Matthias de Litt and how he suddenly just burst onto the scene with Ajax and flew into uh, the Champions League, the Netherlands national team, all in a big rush. And who knows, the same thing could happen with Van der Werf. 
Um, can't say with certainty though. That said, we've seen with uh, Jurgen Klopp and how he likes to play some of the youth players, and we've been keeping an eye on um, Kiana Hoover, um, who plays for the Netherlands under 17s, but also made an appearance last season in, in the FA Cup for Liverpool. Um, so you never know, uh, Klopp could just throw him into some of these cup games, and if he makes an impression, he could be further into the first team contention than perhaps we first think. Yeah, definitely. I think that's one of the reasons probably why he's chosen Liverpool over you know the, the big clubs back in, in Holland and, and there was talk of Bayern Munich coming in late on as well given Klopp's uh, past history of, of giving young players a chance. There's clearly something he likes or the recruitment team in particular likes about uh, Sepp. Well, what are his best attributes so far in his young career? So, I mean, if you look past the fact that he's a very young defender and he can make mistakes and the fact that he's a little bit... Um, Weak. There's not much to him yet. He hasn't filled out. He's not. Um, he's not into his twenties yet. Um, if you look past all of that side of it, he is um, a brave defender, a big tackler. Um, he's a passer of the ball as well, as naturally comes with being a Dutch centre back. Um, he used to be a right winger uh, earlier in his youth career, and that gives him some of the attributes looking further up the pitch. But now that he's a centre back. He's yeah, tough tackling and works quite well on the ground. I'd say that. Um, at the moment, you're looking at area ability to be one of his main weaknesses, given how the Dutch league isn't as physical um, as most other leagues, particularly the English one. Um, so, yeah, I think his best attributes so far are on the ball and trying to win the ball back. That's why he's also sometimes, rarely, um, deployed as a defensive midfielder as well. Oh, that's interesting. And you mentioned earlier in our conversation about Yap Stam, and it's a, it's a nice angle, isn't it? I know uh, one of our guys picked it up for a story online in the week, given the fact he's former Manchester United defender, the, the biggest rivals of Liverpool. But this, so, in a way, was that not the best relationship between him and Sepp? You know, is that when he, he lost his place in the Zwolle side? Well, it's funny that because um, we all thought that as well. I mean, I, I definitely thought so when Stam took over at Pep Zwolle that it would be a match made in heaven to bring along one of the next big Dutch centre-backs. Except I, I have a feeling that Jörg um, Stam was a little bit stubborn. He didn't want to just give this youth player a chance. And maybe a mixture of Seth van der Berg feeling a little bit um, heady about the fact that he was so young but getting uh, appearances for the first team. Maybe he thought that he was more ready than he actually is. Um, so maybe a mixture of a little bit of arrogance, but also a little bit of stubbornness on Stam's side led to a bit of tension between the two of them. But still, as I say, it comes as a surprise because Stam has now left the club and Seth van der Berg still wanted to leave to get um, a move elsewhere. It obviously says a lot about Sepp's confidence, that the fact that he was looking to move on and, and move to a, a top team in Europe, which he's achieved with Liverpool. But does it say a lot about his ability that, OK, he had his ups and downs last season, but he, he still played a fair number of games in a top division in a, in a European comp- competition, particularly given his position? You know, centre-backs are, are usually older, aren't they, when they get more established in the side? And it's very typical of Dutch football to be given him this chance and just being thrown into the deep end. And that's how players learn in the Eredivisie. They get thrown in and they make mistakes, but they come out at the end of it as being a very good player. Um, and it's, it said it all when um, the old Pex Waller manager, Jan Bennett Skip, um, he gave him the chance in big, big games. I mean, his first start when he was uh, 16, it came when... Uh, he was only just turned 16 as well it was um, a 3-4 home defeat to finals wow. so he'd just been thrown in to, against one of the big teams yeah it's crazy um, 
But he came out at the end of it having then then had a, a clean sheet in the following match when they won 2-0. So he's got talent, this guy. He's definitely got talent. And I'm sure that there were many good reasons for him to choose Liverpool over PSV and Ajax. You only have to look at recent years with PSV and Ajax to then go, surely I would choose those over mm-hmm. a huge club elsewhere and I would take my chances um, with a team that's known for bringing through young Dutch players but no he's gone to Liverpool he must have the reasons to do so I have a feeling that Klopp would have talked the talk with him and said that his future is going to be at Liverpool we said it earlier didn't we the facts about Klopp he gives young players a chance but I just want to come back to what you were saying there about Dutch football because it's really interesting in recent years the England's youth teams as you'll know have had had pretty good success I think in the last 12 months 18 months it's tailed off a bit and it's almost like the players are getting to like that under 19 under 21 level and just not getting experience in the Premier League why is it that Dutch football are so willing to give young players like Sepp who's just 17 a chance you know whereas maybe in England it, it just doesn't happen do with um, the roots of Dutch football itself, always giving Dutch players that opportunity because it's the way that it always has been there, but also a mixture of um, English teams being very protective and needing to get results, and the money's too too big a factor. In the Eredivisie, there's a lot less risk. If you're one of the top three clubs, you're often finishing that top three. Unless you have a particularly poor season, you won't finish mm-hmm. in that top three positions if you're a mid-table club you're often quite likely to be in that position the whole way through the season whereas in the Premier League if you've got I don't know say two weak players who who are very young you all of a sudden run a risk of perhaps getting relegated and once you're down it's very hard to come back up again so I think that the risk factor comes into it with this Um, but yeah also because it's very stereotypical and very natural for Dutch football and the way it works the, the big fish gets taken away to one of the big clubs and a youth player is given the chance in his place. Yes, very natural. So really, I was going to ask you in a moment about Kiana Hoover and we've talked about Sepp in depth there. It just seems like the production line is strong at the moment but given that kind of culture, the production line should always be strong, shouldn't it? Absolutely. Um, As Ajax demonstrate that there always is talent just coming through again and again and again. And when they are kept together for a longer period of time, you can see the results that, that come out at the end of it. You know, a Champions League semi-final is excellent. But that also comes in waves. And it won't be, I'm sure it'll be a, a longer period of time again before we see a Dutch team do so well in Europe. Um, but the, the youth players ultimately are the people that push that up because Ajax wouldn't have that money to spend without developing all of these young players to move on for big money. Yeah, it's a virtuous circle almost, isn't it? Like, it's uh, really interesting. I, I, I've got to ask you about Ajax. Uh, we were all so pleased for Ajax getting as far as they did. Uh, is there a real danger that team could be dismantled now? We know we've already seen the great midfielder Young go to, to Barcelona. Is there a real chance more players will be leaving this summer? Firstly, before I answer that question, so I just want to say I'm very sorry. I couldn't give you um, a more entertaining Champions League final. Yeah, um, <laughs> it wasn't the best. Yeah, it didn't. The main <laughs> result. The, the, yeah, the result was the main thing. But yeah, I think if Ajax would have been there, it would have been a better, better spectacle. Yeah, sure thing. Um, but yeah, the, the players in this team are just phenomenal, and they will be tucked torn apart if it's a due to loose time. But Ajax will recover from this, and I think they'll come back and bounce back and win the Dutch league again. Um, given how they can now spend some of this money, it's not that bad a thing actually for Ajax. It's all natural. I think it's just highlighted by the fact that they've got so far in the Champions League. 
Um, yes, De Ligt is about to go. I think he's about to move to Juventus. It could be confirmed on Monday. De Jong has gone to Barcelona. Ziyech is about to leave, potentially next. Um, and there'll be a few others as well. Neres is still it's interest in him. But some players have also confirmed their futures the, with the club. Daley Blint is going to stay. Dusan Tadic is likely to stay. Um, Anana, the goalkeeper, again, he's confirmed his future is with Ajax. Um, Donny van der Beek has interest in Real Madrid, but I think, again, he want to stay, he want to captain the club next season, and then his move will come next season when there's another exodus of Ajax players. But there are those who will take their place. Um, signing Quincy Promes from Sevilla was mm-hmm. a great signing for Ajax, and I think we might be looking back as him being another decent talent at the end of next season, someone who will score loads of goals in the Dutch league, but I think can also have an impact in, um, in Europe as well for Ajax. So I don't think it's that bad a thing for them. I just think that they'll bounce back again and keep half of their first-team players and just go again. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. You talked about Delete there. Uh, Liverpool were one of those clubs linked with him following the kind of like uh, end of the season, but they've ruled themselves out. They are looking for people like Seth Vandenberg, the young, well, the younger players, but so's Delete. And that probably leads me on to my next question. Given the fact that Seth Vandenberg's clearly highly rated player, but Liverpool may only pay up to 4.4 million for him, whereas Mateus Delete is, is going for 70, 75 million. Is he really that good? Yeah, he definitely is. Um, him and uh, Virgil van Dijk together in the heart of the Netherlands defence for me have to be the best centre-back combination in the world right now and will continue to be for a long period of time because they are exceptional they're both big physical players De Ligt wins headers that he shouldn't be able to reach he makes big tackles he's not perfect no we have seen him make a couple of mistakes this season but he's 19 this man is captain Ajax, though, to a Champions League semi-final, to, to league victory, to winning the Dutch Cup. He's a, such a phenomenal talent. I don't think it will... Well, I do think it will be a long time before we see um, a centre-back so young, so good, and it, especially a Dutch one as well. It, he's an absolute star. So in a way, we've just got to temper our excitement about, obviously, Seth Vandenberg and then Kiana, who we've mentioned in passing on this uh, on this podcast. Like, But they are all clearly very good players, but it just seems like the leads we've got to put into context. Let's not compare them, them to him so so soon. Yeah, and it has to be patient as well. But Vandenberg, he's only 17. Who knows where he could be when he's 19? Um, the list was the same thing. When he was 17, he was starting to make those appearances um, for Ajax in the cup, in the league, and that led to a national team play. So, who knows where it will lead to. I mean, we've seen with Hoover as well. He really shone for the Netherlands in that under-17 Euros victory. Um, in the actual tournament himself, he made a goal to assist in only five appearances. But he was, he's just really technically gifted. He's very quick, nimble with his feet. He can really just get between those spaces and just cause trouble. Um, and yes, that was in an under-17 tournament. But if that continues, then he's certainly one to be excited for. Fantastic. You've mentioned Virgil van Dijk. Has there been a surprise in Holland and and people like yourself, uh, Dutch football experts, about just how good he's been for Liverpool? I know he came for an absolutely huge fee, but I just don't think any of us expected him to be this good. You know, was was he always been this impressive? I know he started out at Groningen, and and I've spoken to Celtic supporters and a Celtic coaching staff member, Gary Parker, about around Christmas time, and they're all of the same opinion. Yeah, he was a Rolls Royce, just waiting to be kind of unleashed on the biggest stage. How, how do you feel about him? Well, I think what that last sentence there is a very good one to describe him. I think he's a bit of a late bloomer, to be honest. But um, 
not many defenders do come out as young as De Ligt and tell the world by storm. Van Dijk really had to build his career, but what great steps he's taken, starting with Groningen and also standing out there in the Netherlands, moving to Celtic, again making a great impression, Southampton and now he's getting that move to Liverpool. What, what an example to follow for most of the players um, in their careers. Um, yeah, I, I didn't anticipate that he'd reached this high of a level. Um, there, were, there were many of us Dutch centre-backs around the 2014 World Cup when the Netherlands finished third. Um, and Van Dijk was on the scene at that time, but was not close to consideration for starting for the Dutch national team <laughs> in the World Cup, whereas if there was one tomorrow... Keep it straight in there. Yeah. You know, and, and you've just got to see how football can change so quickly because at the time there was Bruno Martins Indy um, and Ron Vlaar in the centre of the <laughs> Netherlands defence. And Martins Indy is now a bench warmer for Stoke in the Championship. Yeah. Um, so how very, change? He was very highly rated back then, wasn't he? He was getting linked with yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. How times change. Well, I can imagine in five years' time Van Dijk will still be captain of uh, of Holland and, and possibly Liverpool as well. But in the, in the yeah. present. There's a lot of speculation or talk that he could win the actual Ballon d'Or this year. You know, it's been kind of like the domain of Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo, rightly so, you know, apart from last year when there was a bit of a shock with Luka Modric winning it. But do you think he'd be a worthy winner this time around, Van Dijk? I keep to say yes. Um, I think I will say yes, but I know it would be a surprise to many the fact that it would be a defender winning it. Um, but he has just been that good, hasn't he? Yeah. I did hear a stat. Um, I, I'm sorry, I can't confirm where it's from, but... Apparently, Van Dijk hasn't been dribbled past the whole yeah. season. Yeah, yeah, I think it's something like 66, 66 games or something ridiculous like that. I think Opta have picked it up, so it is it is uh, legit. That is just an outstanding stat, and not to mention how good he is in the air as well. Like he's, he's, he's not just a big centre-back, he's someone who can really read the play well, and he commands everyone around him so, so impressively. Yeah, what, what a centre-back, and... Why not? Yeah, sure. Give him the Ballon d'Or. <laughs> Again, I reckon Liverpool fans that'll be right up their streets. Uh, just it's, it goes out to sh- goes to show how good Genie Ronaldo, another Dutch player for Liverpool, season he had. Because I know at the start of the year people were tipping him as a potential player of the year. I think as the season wore on, people like Van Dijk uh, and Allison and, and Salah's influence grew grew and grew stronger. But how good do you think Wijnaldum is? You know, he's one of those players who almost goes under the radar outside of Liverpool fans, but they absolutely love him. A very good player, um, a very good midfielder, attacking midfielder, who, yeah, I think there was a time when, especially from my point of view, watching him play for the Dutch national team, he was rather ineffective. Um, he was playing deeper in midfield at the time. But even when he had that switch to a number 10 role, which in my opinion is his best position, ah, right. he still wasn't really making many goals, he wasn't really contributing as much as he should be for someone who's so important um, for Liverpool today. But I think, yeah, he, he's really stepped it up now for the Dutch national team because um, Ronald Koeman's really tried to work to his strengths. He's, he's, um, he's tried to get more involved in the box because that's where he was most successful for PSV, within the box, trying to put away those chances that the strikers miss. Um, but yeah, he's, he's added four goals this season yeah. for the Dutch national team, and that's, that's good. He's, he's better contribution, a couple of important ones as well. Um, he's just been more involved with all of the play and that's what we want from Vijnaldum not someone who's quiet sitting in defensive midfield 
and isn't known for playing in defensive midfield. Well, that's really interesting, that, because throughout the season, I think he got a goal at Tottenham early on in the campaign, but the the majority of his goals came towards the end of the campaign when he was pushed further forward, and obviously the, the famous one was his two goals against Barcelona in the uh, in the semi-final second leg, that incredible night at Anfield. But kind of backs up what you were saying there, then you think he is more, he's better in, if not the number 10, an advanced eight, really getting involved in like the attacking play. Yeah, I think that has been the case. It seemed to overlap. The, the two instances where he's doing that for Liverpool and also in Everlands. Um, but he's now playing these big nations and he's not just invisible to the play. He's all, he's actually a really important player in those big matches again. Good stuff. You mentioned Ronald Koeman earlier. Uh, probably not got the best memories for Everton fans, <laughs> the other side of Merseyside <clears> that we cover at the Echo. But he seems to be doing a really good job with the, the Holland national team. Yeah, I can't wait hard enough for exactly what he's doing at the minute. Um He's just rebuilt the, the Dutch side with actually quite simple steps. Um, first of all, the, the manager previous to him, Danny Blint, was making the wrong choices with selections, but Koeman's getting it right. He's also, when he first took over, realised we can't play the typical Dutch 4-3-3 attacking system. We've got to switch to a, a five-man defence because actually at the minute we've got best defenders in our, in our selection. Yeah. Now that's changed again back to that 4-3-3 because he's got um, players like De Jong um, who can control midfield. He's got Memphis Depay on on top form at the minute. Some really good pace and attack. So yeah, he's done a fantastic job at returning the Dutch to what they're really good at. Memphis Depay is an interesting one because again, earlier in the summer he was one of those players linked with Liverpool and as I, I said earlier, it doesn't look like they're going for one of those big names. But is he... Is he finally reaching that potential again? Because I know he had a dip, didn't he, with Manchester United, but Leon's move seems to have, got, have gone well for him. Yeah, I just don't think the pressure worked well for him at, at Manchester United. Um, but it's interesting how he's not really performing that well for Leon at the moment. He, I think he's had a, he scored goals again this season, but there's still um, French fans who just aren't happy with how he's performing in Liga. Um, but when he when it comes to playing for the Netherlands, he stars um, on the big stage and he loves playing those big, big games. A bit like how Wijnaldum does as well. Yes. He's a big team player when he plays for Holland. Um, he creates lots of opportunities and he's found his strength actually playing as a striker rather than a winger or a number 10, which he has in, in the past. Um, yeah, he made his name as being a left winger for PSV, but now he's, he's a stronger striker. He gets into great positions at the top, top. He uses his pace to get in behind. Um, so a very different player but someone who loves being relied upon um, for scoring the goals for Netherlands well it sounds like he's, his career's definitely picked up again but he, as we've said he, he won't be coming to Anfield in the summer because they are looking to target backup players because they've got this Champions League winning team and squad and young players like Sap Vandenberg where, where we started and I was reading an article today I think it was in the Sunday Times online about uh, how a lot of English clubs are going down this route they're actually going to buy in players who are either unproven with not that much experience or players with a little bit more experience like Wan Bissaka who's just gone to Manchester United and obviously a lot of people will be looking into Holland given the success of Ajax in particular in the last 12 months is there anyone with your expertise we should be particularly be keeping an eye out the next name big names who could be coming over to England or targeted by the English clubs yeah there's always loads of names floating about um, and players who I think could be making a great impact this season they tend to come at the bigger clubs in the Netherlands so again it was a bit of a surprise when Seth decided to go from Pexwell to Liverpool mm-hmm. but often They'll come from the bigger clubs. I mean, Ajax, we could be seeing um, Jürgen Ekelenkamp coming through. 
um, next season. He was known for uh, tripping Ronaldo quite late on in the victory against Juventus. Um, uh, for finals, there's Dylan Vent, who's a striker. And um, I think the biggest one out of all the ones I'm about to mention, Oikun Kocu, who's um, a very good Dutch midfielder who plays best as an attacking midfielder, but he's already playing for finals first team um, as a 17-year-old. He'll play even more next season. Um, very dangerous in the box. At PSV, there's Daniel Marlon, who went to Arsenal, interestingly, and didn't quite make it, and has nice. returned to the Netherlands, um, and he's now getting games at PSV. But also um, a couple more. RZ, there's uh, Calvin Stengs, a very good winger, and at Utrecht as well, there's a striker called um, Nick Venema, who um, wasn't given too many games net last season, but should get an opportunity this season to shine as a striker. Well, there, I think it was six or seven you gave us there, which was more than we bargained for, but I'm pretty sure Liverpool fans will be keeping an eye on those, given the success they've had in the Dutch market. And who knows, given the fact they've they've took two players who were under 18, 17, they may go back there again. Yeah, who knows? Um, there's plenty of players who can often get poached up, um, and I, I, I don't see why one of these might make it next season if they make an impression in the Eredivisie. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.